From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Father, this morning, thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Thank you for bringing us together again. Thank you for what you have in store for us. We are blessed already because we came into your house. And I pray that, Lord, you will cause us to have a Holy Spirit experience that we will not leave your presence the same as we came. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give Jesus a bigger hand clapping. Please be seated. Blessed it is. Amen. All right. Of course, you know, we, we have to give you updates and all of that. Um, we were in Madia for a couple of days. In Madia, we were in Madia Thursday, Friday, and a little bit of Saturday. And we are here today. It's a blessing. Now, we see that, you know, originally we started with a small group of people who will come with me to do this Give Thyself Holy Pastors Outreaches. But the group is getting bigger. We we're 18 people who went to Madia. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. It's beautiful. And, and, this is, this is what we say all the time. And I'll say it again and I'll say it again and again. You see, when you are doing church, to have a church, to be a pastor, and then you see that God has called you to reach out to other pastors. And so God says you should go to Madia. You get it? Sipotaro and what? Siporoni, right? Region 8 or 7? 8. So just the least teacher. Yeah. For you to be a pastor, and, and, and think about this, think about this, for you to be a pastor, <laughs> and you say God has called you, not just the church. I was looking for Prince this way. Okay, I, okay, right, beautiful, okay. <laughs> I was looking here, says, ah, Prince is not here today. All right, you served me a little bit, okay. <laughs> you know, and then I, I, you see God has called you, and then you say, God says you should bring pastors together from all over the country. You understand? And then you say, okay, we are going to Madia. Let us drive. So myself, um, the birthday boy today, birthday pastor. (laughs) I'm waiting for Akila. What? People got things already. (laughs) Ah, People got things already. So that's that's the crew. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> All right, 18 of us with four vehicles. Mine, um, Pastor Calvin's, um, Reverend Larry's, and then Reverend Ralph's. I think Reverend Larry's car got the serious mashing up. <laughs> so he, he, he catch feelings. He coming today. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying that if you, when you rise up and you say you are called by God and you say you are going to Madia and um, 17 people say, I'll go with you. You get it? And the 17 people, they take time off from work on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And they buy their own ticket. They pay their own accommodation. And time. And they risk their life. You see, as I was going to sleep last night, I said, if I had died last night, I would have died with all these 17 people. It's, it's, it's a very serious commitment. And you can't look at it and this, you see, when you look at it, you should, you should understand this, this is, this is, you see, this is what you call anointing. That's why I mentioned Kestadine. That if he wants to do a church here, if you do a church properly, let's see, Karen. Because, let me tell you, now, Reverend Cromer, we're all feeling for we knew how we know how uh, our you know our pastor is. He's a very special pastor to us. Now his car was being mashed. He, he even couldn't drive the car, so Brother Shawe had to take over the car. Because you know, you know Reverend Larry, he, he has he, his his wife is here, you understand? <laughs> he was petting the vehicle. Now anybody who drives, I don't know who drives, Sister Charlene drives, who else? Other people drive. Um, 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 Phoebe drives, okay. <laughs> Prince drives. Wilbert, Wilbert, if you have never driven to Madia, you are not a good driver. I tell you. But to me, the whole thing is how you can get 17 people to just take time off and follow you. Whether they are going to die or not, they are just with you. It's, 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 it's unique. I came here alone with my wife and two girls. And it's beautiful what God is doing. It's beautiful. I tell you, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, so um, I had to mention it. It was quite an experience. We, we, I think we did it in 12 hours going and 12 hours coming. And we took up around 5, 5, 5 a.m., a little after 5 a.m. We got there like what? 10? At about eight, nine, about eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and the trip they do seven, eight hours, not twelve. Because when we see the hole, we stop, and we go and watch the hole, and we see if we can drive through. Oh Lord! And uh, we got stuck. I got stuck first. We got stuck for two hours. Brother Maxi has something to show you. And so all of, all of our cars are damaged. My car is damaged. Pastor Kavis car is damaged. Reverend Ralph's uh, 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 car is damaged. Uh, Reverend Lewis, who, she, he got the most damage. <laughs> so I was asking them, you love Jesus or you love your car? <laughs> Carrie, I'm not a driver yet. I told the team, I said, we are going to Maria. Let's go to Maria. We are driving. Little did I know that you just can't go to Maria. No, you, if you want to drive to Maria, please call me, ask me. You just can't go to Maria. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I have been to Letham. I can just close my eyes and drive to Letham. I'll close my eyes and drive there 14, 16 hours. But Maria, 
I'll keep my eyes open. I'll drink coffee. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, so we just thank God so much. We got stuck for two hours on a hill because a big truck was stuck in the middle of the road. And so we had little less option. Just on the side, we had to kind of maneuver and get up. And when I, when I, I was the one, of course, I was the one first. When, the, when, the, when the, the devil is coming, it's me. He has to attack first, isn't it? So I, I got stuck. I got stuck. We're there. The side of the car scratching the, scratching the hill like that, scratching the hill like that. I tell you, I got stuck. G was right next to me, so he couldn't get that because when you open it, it's just, a, it's just a, the hill. So we're trying to maneuver, get out, get out, get out. Two guys, yeah. Look, this, this got stuck right there. Two hours. Is that Elizabeth? She wasn't pushing, right? She was <laughs> <laughs> That's Coco right there. Yeah. She dressed up Sunday morning. She was pushing me. <laughs> Yeah, two hours because of that big truck with that orange uh, tarpaulin there. And so when I managed to come up, then I think Pastor Calvin came behind me and he got stuck. So we, had, we, we borrowed a, a, a rope from these big people and I pulled him out. And then, hey, you can do <laughs> And then Raphael got stuck. We pulled him out. And the Reverend crew got stuck. I went <laughs> and pulled him out. So that's Pastor Calvin. You, you lose control of your vehicle in such a place. Well, when you are not turning the steer, the people say, why are you turning the steer? I say, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> the car is just turning by itself. It's a beautiful experience. And this is, we're just about to get to um, the crossing, the river, to cross to the pontoon. And um, it was amazing. But it's beautiful. There's so much to talk about. I, I don't want to use the service to talk about that. But, I mean, if you have pictures, you can show them quickly. Roll. Yeah, pictures. That's a meridian lady, Judy. She went to the hospital this morning. <laughs> Something wrong with her foot. She got... <laughs> That's why I'm saying that. To have 17 people to say, you know, I'm going with you, is, is amazing. It's amazing. What else do you have? What a trip. Look, look at the road. Wilbert, if you can make it there, you're a driver. You want to try it? You want to try it? <laughs> hey, this place. But when we were coming back, it, it wasn't so difficult. They had kind of covered it a bit, so even though it was a little slidey, we still managed to come down beautifully. Anything else? You see, some people, when you're in trouble, they take pictures. They don't, they don't help you. <laughs> <laughs> is that Maxwell taking pictures? Who's that? Max, was it you? Taking pictures right there. <laughs> wow. So that big truck, I about, I think that, what, 16, how many tires does he have? About 12 or something. Full of things. Got stuck right there. No, you, you see, it's amazing. It's, 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 a, it's a good leadership lesson also. Because when you, when you see this, you understand how a lot of places are neglected. A lot of places in Guyana are neglected. None of those big people go here by road. They don't. They fly. It turns me to God. I saw something on, on, on um, Instagram. The Minister of Public Works had signed a, 
a contract memorandum of understanding with a Brazilian company to do the road from Letem to Mabura, which is, which is very, um, very welcoming. I hope that they do the Madia Road. It's, it's fantastic. It's hills and valleys. I'm sure that is, a, that is the main challenge. You go up, you come down. You go up, you come down. What? You want to move it? Uh, where's Liz? She pushing her thing. <laughs> yeah. That's Mr. Mr. The conductor. He's a he's a he's a pressure manager. <laughs> yeah. A lot of commentators. You know when you get a job, everybody has something to say. <laughs> uh, oh, that was it. Uh, the people they, they, they work on the road they don't have shirts they don't have uh, slippers they just wear pants and they're just in the car they're just, okay they don't wear clothes though yeah it's, 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 it's troubling wow interesting see other fancy people they're commentators <laughs> and spectators <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brother Shewe. He's a he's a commanding officer. Yeah, yeah man. You put him out, cry. Easy. Oh, these are short, short, short clips. Okay, so you you have the movie uh, experience. You have the movie very soon. <laughs> very soon. <laughs> All right, Matthew chapter three and verse eleven. If you're here for the first time. That's, this is our life. We enjoy what we do. And it's a pity not to enjoy what you do in this life. And if you're doing something in life that you don't enjoy, please stop doing it. It's not good. You must enjoy the things you do. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. Just a second part of what I started sharing with you last Sunday. Baptism or fire baptism. Amen. Tasha, how you do? All right. Okay, beautiful. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, um, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, I started by saying that um, the Holy Spirit is somebody we need in our lives. And he just don't, doesn't baptize only, um, he doesn't just baptize us, but he baptizes us with himself and with fire. Now, there, there are some symbols of the Holy Spirit that we need to understand, isn't it? If you do uh, School of the Word or School of, which one, Victorious Living, it talks about the Holy Spirit. And then you go into the symbols, water, fire oil, um, the, the dove, light, light, isn't it? There are a few things that symbolize the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Now here, fire is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And I was saying that one of the major things that we suffer in our churches is that people are Christians, but they've not changed. Many people come to church and they are not changed. And it's a problem in the church because everything else centers around it. It is when you are born again, 
when you are a new person, when you are changed, that things are different. Are you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? It is when you are changed, when you are born again, that things are different. That is when you see things different. That's when you appreciate things if you are somebody who didn't appreciate things. That's when you are thankful if you are somebody who wasn't thankful. So when, when you give your life to Christ and you change, you are born again, you are affected. Is that Alicia? Look like Alicia. Okay. You are affected, you are changed, and things are different. Are you, are you following what I'm trying to say? But that is what the church lacks. That's what the church lacks. The church lacks people who have genuinely changed. It's true. I'm sure there are a few of you here, the whole week you didn't even read your Bible. The whole week. I'm sure. I'll not doubt it at all. And I'm sure there are a few of you here, if not many, since you got saved, you have not stopped doing the things that you said you have to. You see, you see, you see, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> this born again, this thing that we're doing church, it is, it is, it is, the, the nature of it is that you are somebody who was living a particular life. And then you realize that that life is not a good life. So you repented of that way and you have changed and you have adopted a different lifestyle. That, that's what Christianity is about. So anybody who comes here is supposed to be somebody who is thinking that way or has thought that way. It can't have you coming to church and then, oh, see, you are hiding because you're doing something that is not good. You're doing something that doesn't look or doesn't come over as someone who goes to church and you are hiding and you come and you sit down and you laugh and, and joke with us and move around about you, you, the things you said, you have actually not said anything. And that is why Christianity doesn't work for many people. Because they want to, they want to, they, they want to spray themselves when they have not bathed. You know those things that people do? They call it POD, polish over death or on death. So the person has not bathed and he's spraying themselves. And many people don't bath. Especially boys. They sweat and their armpit is smelling, smelling uh, our kind of thing. Yes. Don't bath. Their uncircumcised cock has things around it. They've got cheese. Tip top cheese. <laughs> cheese spread. And they're looking for somebody's daughter to infect with diseases. Well, you don't bath. You don't brush your teeth. You are not clean. You are not clean. You come to the church, but you are not clean. You are not born again. You are not born again. 
John the Baptist in this chapter was talking to the people. He said, you know what? You, when, when the disciples gave me that, that verse, write down the same chapter. When the Pharisees started coming to be baptized, he said, you brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. Who ask you to escape the coming condemnation and damnation? But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, Oh, generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. So the people had come to a realization that, Charlie, if I don't change my life and go and commit and submit myself to this new thing that this John is preaching about a kingdom, there is something coming that I'm going to suffer. Church, coming to church starts with a change in mindset to want to live a better life in Christ. And so it's not even in the church that you are going to gossip. It's not in the church that you are going to cut a, a recording of a clip and take it to someone else. That, you see, that nature is evil. If everybody is a Christian here, whatever we say here, we'll stay here. Because many people are not saved. They are not, they are not born again. They have not repented. He said, well, go to verse 8. What does verse 8 say? He says what? He said, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. In other words, you are coming to be baptized, but that is not what is important. But let us see that you have indeed changed your mind from where you were heading to. New Living Translation. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. This is the whole thing about Christianity. You have repented of your sins and you have turned to God. If you truly experience this, you will never have a problem in a, in a church with you. Will never. Will never. You should watch the songs that sometimes I sing. I come, oh, the rugged cross, my salvation. If you, if, you, if you watch me, I don't normally sing this. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. I live a life of your... You, you are too greedy. You are greedy. Even thank you for your salvation, that you were going somewhere with distraction, and you've been, you've been prevented from going there. That alone is a major foundation of gratitude instead of looking for tips and looking for a little here, a little here, there when you appreciate your salvation there are things that come with your salvation you don't have to ask for you don't have to ask for you don't have to ask for it's not necessary to ask for and that is my struggle with many people in this church for all these years in verse 17, verse, verse, verse 8 of Matthew chapter 3, he says, I bring therefore proof by the way you live. But, but, but the New Living Translation should be proof by the way you live. Come, do we understand it? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove it. Don't just come, let us put you in the water. Prove it. Don't just dress up and come to church. Prove it that you have changed your ways and you have turned to God. 
Are you paying attention to me? Are you looking at me? Lawrence, you look at me rather, right? You looking for your friend? You should look at me. Where are you looking at? You look at me. Okay? That is, that is all you have to do. You have to prove it. You have to prove it. Prove it to God. And you've changed your lifestyle. Not that somebody should change you or the... You, you have changed. Let me tell you, the change does not come from the heavens. The change comes from you. Then everything else that God has for you in the package of salvation, then you receive them. You prove it. It's not just coming to church. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were going to be baptized. John said, uh, 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 you think this is a show? Yeah, coming to be baptized and he said, hey, I've been baptized by John. He said, no, 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 don't make that mistake. Prove, prove, prove by the way you live. 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 That is the only way. I said, if you do that, we will never have problems in the church. How many agree with what I'm saying? When we say, come, you will come because you've changed. When we say, sit down, you sit down. You won't come and say, what? What kind of church is that? It's money. You're a demon, that's why you're like, you're, not, you're, you're a devil. You're a devil. You're a devil. No, you're a devil. You have not changed. And we are not expecting everybody who comes to church to be changed. But at least majority of the people who have been coming for a while, we should see some changes by the way you live your life. It is when you have not changed, that is when the pastor comes in with his rod and says, this is not the right thing to do. They say, wham, what's your problem? I've been doing this all my life. Who's you? Where, where you come from? then I now or the pastor now becomes the focus of your frustration because you have not changed. He's just trying to enforce what you say you have been through or you have done, but it is not so. And so he's a police officer, the enforcement agent who's coming to ensure that what you said, is that what you are doing? Then he rather becomes your problem. He rather becomes your problem. When you see people talking bad about the pastor, they are not Christians, though. They are not saved. They, are not cha- they have not changed. Because when you change and you repent and you turn towards God and you appreciate God, you will love a pastor even if he's not your pastor. It doesn't have to be your pastor. It is the spirit you carry. The pastor doesn't have to be your pastor. It is the spirit you carry that will make you somebody like that. And so I was saying that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the, the fire baptism comes with the change that I'm talking about. So many people don't understand that when you, become, when you get saved, you have to change. Or that, that when you become saved, you have to change. Your life has to change. The way you talk to mommy must change. The way you talk to your, your friends must change. They say, what? Oh, they are different now. You say, yes, I'm born again. I am born again. Great change since I met God. You remember the song? Great change since I met God. Great change since I met God. 
There's been a great change since I went gone. Not great argument. Some people are in church, they're so argumentative. They are so unyielding, so disobedient, so stiff. Ah, where is the change? And then he says, Oh, the places I used to go, I go there no more. I go the things I used to do. I, I don't do them anymore because I have repented. I have repented. I have changed. And so I don't do the things I used to do. So if you are still doing the things that you used to do a few years ago or way back and you've started coming to church, you're still doing the things, it means you have not changed. You have not. is why once upon a time Sunday morning I will not go to church because I wasn't a church person now when I say I have changed and I now want to go to church every Sunday I'm in church that's the change but you have excuses and to you you think that your excuses make things right no something wrong with you Prove by the way you live. You, what is happening is that you are not proving by the way you live that you have changed. And therefore you have not changed. And we fight those things. We fight agents of God, pastors and enforcement of the things of God. We fight the things that are not so, are not supposed to be. Those are the things we fight. If you ever hear me say something about you or comment about you, it is because you are not in line. That's why. Not that somebody hates you. But again, you even interpret it as hate. Why are you always talking about me? Why do he? I have problems. I ain't coming back to the church no more. Like I is the only one with problems. No, it is love. We are, try- we are trying to. We are trying to streamline the things that we are trying to guide you. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It's just that because you have not changed, it has backfired. It is a problem. It's an issue. Who dare us to talk about anything? It's because you have not changed. You would appreciate it. Oh, really? Oh, Bishop. Oh, thank you so much. I didn't realize that I was on the right path. Thank you, Bishop. Please pray for me. And I believe God that I will really take this thing serious and do it. But you have rebelliousness in you. When we talk, you do the opposite. It's true. It's true. There is no, you see, let me tell you. When you go through fire baptism, there is nothing that keeps you away from what you say you have changed from. Your change is not genuine. Your change is not true. That's the, that's, that's, that's the, that's the verdict. That's the verdict. The church is quiet. <laughs> because what are you going to say? Your job your marriage, your husband, your wife, your children, your school, your, what are you going to say? No, all those things, what, no matter what you say, all that you are doing is that you have not changed. You are not proving that you have changed. That, that is all. 
That is all. You can, you can have the most busiest job in this world. I had all excuses to stay in Madia today. Ah, Shavita was tiring. Huh? And I never fell sleepy until we got to the good road. Then my eyes were trying to close. I said, hey. Hey. Because on the road, he didn't run off the road. <laughs> because when we're, when we're on that bad road, you can't sleep. You have to sweat. You have to do this. When we got to Linton, we were coming on the highway. They said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, your eyes were closing. I tell you. I could, we could have finished the program yesterday. Go and see the Potaro River and the bridge over the Potaro River. Rest, eat some madia, things of what? Bacon, something, something, something. They have all kinds of things. And then relax. And this morning, they probably go to the church, preach a nice Sunday morning sermon. And say, you know what? We kiss and hug everybody. So we're gone. Take our time. When we come, when we arrive tonight, there's no church, nothing. We ain't got for come. Some of us went into our bed 1, 2 a.m. And because we have changed, we have to wake up and come. That, that's what it means by I've changed. If I wasn't changed, I ain't coming here. I tired. Oh, you're the I tired. You know how it is to drive for 12 hours nonstop? I come and say, what well, the pastor said, I should come to church. Pastor, yeah, that's what's going on. He, he, has he ever driven to Madia before? Let him rest himself. No matter the good reason you have, all that you're saying is that you have not changed. Finito. No matter what you say, no matter the arguments, no matter the... Ed- it's because when you stand before God, that's how it's going to be. You can't tell God anything because you told God that you love him, you, you will serve him. And now you are coming with excuses. When you finish, God will say, so, so all that you're saying, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I thought you said you love me, you serve me. So now that you say, oh Lord, you know, I loved you. Lord, Lord, you know, to be honest, there's nobody I love than you. It's just that, when you start, it's just that. He said, hold on, stick a pen. Stick a pen. What you're coming to say means that you just don't love me like you said. Because what you said you do, you didn't do them. And so we need the fire baptism to experience transformation. That's what we are saying. If you go to Matthew chapter 26. Just close just now. At least you fulfill all righteousness by coming to church Sunday morning. So we can sleep after that. <laughs> you can't tell me that I didn't come. I came. I was here. I preached. You saw me. Thank you very much. <laughs> if I watch a video tonight, I can sit down to watch video. Okay, crap. I've been in church. Oh, crap. You can't tell me I have not changed. I've changed, pa. Cacao foot here. And drink coffee. <laughs> yeah, I feel nice. I wish the time was earlier so me and Prince would go and have brunch. <laughs> hey, Sheriff, we're going to have brunch, you know. Oh, finish. It's even past lunchtime. Eh? You should have these things after church. You should close it so I can go with my diplomas to have brunch. Yeah. You drive me, right? Ah, oh, Pastor Kamsi, you drive me. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I tell you, he's welcome to join. Why not? 
by the way, Calvin, I forgot to wish you happy birthday properly. You know, you are such a very nice guy. We really appreciate you. God bless you for your love, your service, your support. You are very different. You are very unique. We salute you on this such a day. God bless you so much. Keep you alive for long. You know, and then, yeah. I was waiting for Akila, but she's not here yet. So happy birthday to you again, Pastor Calvin. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Bossman. I mean, if you don't know Pastor Calvin, then you are not in this church. If you have, your life has not been touched by Pastor Calvin, then it means you are not in this church. You have touched, then you are a first-timer. You have touched many, many, many lives. Such a nice and wonderful pastor. What do you think? Give the Lord a big hand clap for Pastor Calvin. Calvin, happy birthday to you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Yes, yes, skip. <laughs> Yeah, he's picking up the skip pastors, isn't it? Man, it's beautiful, beautiful. I mean, he's, he's really transformed because when he first joined the church and all of that, I mean, yeah, I mean, very, he was quiet, yeah, you know. I got a big stomach and all of that. Yeah. And, and I always wanted him for Lady Pastor Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah, Christ. I don't care about Andre. Don't worry about Andre. <laughs> Don't worry about Andre. <laughs> he just come. He just come the other day. <laughs> yeah. I tell you. <laughs> Ski marriage. You know. So, so when he came, I was... Then later I realized that he had some, some woman up by by them. And there's a corner there. <laughs> and I thought he was going to change to leave her, you know. But she didn't change. <laughs> So my prayers didn't, didn't get answered. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. So when I saw Phoebe's DP, when I came to see her, I said, what? God husband. <laughs> and they must check Phoebe's display picture, I tell you. <laughs> you should save it. <laughs> For a meeting this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah it's God husband body mm. you'll be eyes mm. <laughs> yeah man we have some agenda for meeting this afternoon <laughs> it's good Akila is not here yet oh <laughs> Hey, there will, there will be no birthday today. <laughs> Man, God husband and God wife. <laughs> this church, this church people. <laughs> They like TZ people bad. <laughs> a hug, hug, is a hug. <laughs> is that, you were supposed to be mine. See, teeth, teeth, Beautiful. Matthew chapter 26. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's beautiful. It's all fun. It's just, it's just excitement, right? Don't take it personal, I beg you. If you have changed, you will not take it personal. <laughs> yeah. Because there are a lot of God husband, uh, Reverend Lyrics, Lady Pastor Carries, God husband. <laughs> I don't know what you learn, I would say, but that's God husband. I mean, you don't play with, as for God husband, you don't play with them at all. <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> You can't take it. And then Dwight is honey's God husband. <laughs> Where's Ivo? She come today. Where's Dwight? Where's Ivo? She didn't come today. So I can speak freely. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, I should even move bubbles from there and put you next to her. <laughs> Ibo is not here. <laughs> ah, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, man. Matthew chapter 26. Um, fire baptism. I'm closing. This is all the joy from Madia. <laughs> yeah. Matthew chapter 26. Are you there? Uh, verse 30, the Bible says, when they had sung a hymn, 30 of 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Olives. 31, the scripture says that, then said Jesus unto all, unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I'll go before you into Galilee. Peter, a very great example of somebody who was affected by the Holy Ghost fire, answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. New Living Translation, what does it say? Is it offense? Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. I will never. They say, never say never. <laughs> say, I will never desert you. I remember a gentleman who graduated from Anakazo, the first, the first group of Anakazo students. Mommy was part of that group. As a guy who was the class prefect or gave the valedictorian speech or something like that. Peter. There was a guy in that group, it was called Peter. He started a church not far from Kolegono, where our headquarters used to be. A guy's church was working, working, working. A day came, in one of his, in his speech on that day when they were graduating, he, he made a statement like this. A few years later, he changed the name of the church. He didn't tell anybody. Lighthouse Chapel International. The one Sunday, he just decided to change the name of the church. He was one of, one of the, one of the uh, Orangos, Bishop Eddie and people went to the church on the Sunday morning. Hey! Give us we church. And he said, you don't have no church here. It wasn't a simple thing. Yeah. So Bishop Eddie had to address the church and say, okay, those who want to go with him, please, you can leave. But this building... 
this year is lighthouse. And he, they didn't even mind him. He, he, he kept the place. He, said, he made a statement like that. Peter declared, even if everyone else, and when you're around a leader, this is something you must really have in your heart. That deserting, being a, a deserter, is something that comes from the devil. But Peter said, I will never. And, and many people start church, start Christianity like that. Oh, I love you. I love you, Lord. Oh, you are the best. People say all kinds of things. They go up, but it gets to a point where they desert the Lord. They desert the church. <laughs> That's what Peter said. I will never desert you. You see, so Jesus was kind. Because as Jesus, and as the Son of God, and as God himself, he knew what was going to happen. So you go down the chapter, same Matthew chapter 26. The same day, so verse 34 actually. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, that this night, it's the day that Peter was saying that I will not, I will not desert you. Jesus said, not even one year from now, tonight, before the cock will crow, you see, here we don't say foul cock, because it's not a foul cock, it's cock. That's a word. Otherwise, you can't preach the Bible. Slade. Brother Slade. Why are you laughing? <laughs> we should look into the Bible, Slade. Don't, don't use your... You have to change, Slade. You have to change. <laughs> yeah. This is a good example of how we join church and our minds are still the same. Words still don't mean anything. Words still mean the old things to us. Yeah. I can't say cock and you not think about something else. Yeah, because the mind has been polluted already. You need some big gun to spray your mind. Kill all the cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. The rooster will not cross it. Three times and you deny me three times. Peter said to him, Max, let's stay with New Living Translation. The verse before. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me, or you will deny three times that you even know me. Is that not what we are seeing? There are some people who are behaving now like they, never, they don't know me. They've never been with me. They've never sat in the same place before. They've never been in a church where I'm preaching before. There are people like that in the, in, around in the country. As if they, who, they call us up. I don't know him. People behave like that. <laughs> they used to call me daddy. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know you. No. Peter insisted. Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Vowed the same. You see, I'm, I'm trying to just give you a picture of the disciples before they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. They will say things that they don't do. 
Is it familiar? You say you pay tithe, but you don't pay. You say you come, but you don't come. You say, yes, I believe I'm called to be a pastor, but you are not pastoring. We say things before the fire baptism, before the change, we say things that is, it looks so big, it looks so true, but it is not true. Peter said, I will never deny you. Jesus said, Peter, relax. Relax yourself. Relax yourself. Do you know life without the Holy Spirit baptism? If you understood what it means to live a life without the Holy Spirit, you will understand that you don't say things in a certain way. It is when you are baptized with fire that you can speak in a certain way. Because then there has been a transformation and your words are different, your words are new. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. You go down before at um, verse 69. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. Servant girl. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. Look at what the guy said a few verses before. And look at what he's saying now. What, 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 what a contrast. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl, as if Peter has memory loss, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it. Peter was suffering from memory loss. Because just a few hours ago, Jesus had actually given you the answers to the questions that you are going to face. Again, Peter denied it. This time, with an oath. I swear. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Ascent. Peter swore. I swear on my mother's grave. I swear on my navel, which is locked up in a Victoria village. I say, a curse on me if I am lying. I don't know. A curse on you if you are lying. Peter, are you sure you understand what you're doing? I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Don't you experience those things? Sometimes you say you, you, some words that you have said before flashes through your mind when you have gone away from it. You fight it. You resist it. Flashes through your mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping 
hospitality. There was something about Peter that could not handle the denial. What I mean is that because he was not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, he could not have avoided the denial because he had not changed. Many people struggle in a Christian life because of the lack of the baptism with fire. So no matter what they say, no matter what they do, they can't bridge the gap of your expectations. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You, you, you look quiet, so I don't know whether you're sleeping or you're... Some people... You see, Peter was innocent in his mind. He thought that what he was saying, it was true. Jesus should not be disturbed. Jesus should be rest assured. Jesus should know that I am Peter. This is what I'm saying. Believe me. But little did he know that without the Holy Spirit, whatever you say can be a lie. Because you have not experienced what you should experience to make you become committed to what you say. That's why many of us say things we are not committed to it. Because we lack the baptism with fire. Jesus helped him. And so he remembered those words. If you go to Acts, the book of Acts, quickly, and they will close. Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Verse 13, Acts chapter 1, verse 13. When they arrived, um, they went to the up- upstairs room. They went to the upstairs room. Is that it? Upstairs room. Okay, it's also English. They went to the upstairs room. And um, where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, uh, when about 120 believers were gathered in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. The guy has revived. Then, he said, brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas. The man that started to preach, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Chapter 2 of us, the gospel according to the Acts of the Apostles. When the Holy Ghost came. Verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there was, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And um, the Bible says, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and and we are all we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed, like people do all the time. Somebody will say that I that that's the church where the pastor says he gets test messages from angel, an angel. That's ridiculing. That's it's a ridicule. He's mocking you, he's laughing at you. It's, 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 that's, that's ridiculing. It's ridicule. He said that the church is a church, the church is a gossip church. Gossip, gossip center. You were the gossip in the center. That's why you are out. They ridicule them. They mock them. Listen to what happened. The guy. Three times was a maid servant. Then a young lady again asked, Are you not a Galilean? Why are you not part of this man? Then the people said, ah, We saw you. The guy who said no three times, the guy who said, I, May a curse come on me. As the people are talking and wondering what has happened on that day, the Bible says that same character, Peter, he stepped forward. This time he's not saying, <laughs> no, 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 not me. This time, he himself stepped forward with 11 other the apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for being drunk. Peter, our same guy who denied Jesus three times, somehow between the denial and the falling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire, something Peter has become somebody else. He is now living a life that is, is proving his repentance. People had come to Jerusalem, a lot of people. Before a little girl, Peter said he doesn't know Jesus. Now, before so many people, Peter is saying that he knows Jesus. Something must have changed. Something must have happened to this Peter. But he preached the whole of this chapter. Then you go to Acts chapter 3, as I close. Verse 1. The Bible says, <laughs> This same Peter. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Can you believe it? They used to pray at that time at 3 o'clock. Now, if you say come for prayer at 3 o'clock, Bishop, you know me, boss, man. You have not changed. That's why it's not possible. Because now, 
as long as much as we are saved, we are still entangled and connected and disconnected with so many things. It makes our freedom and liberty not even real anymore. Because the, the, the job, the marriage, the school, the this, it, it's another form of entanglement that competes with the freedom God has given you to serve him. Bishop, if I don't, if I don't go to work, how am I going to eat? I don't know. They joined the three o'clock prayer service. I'm sure the place was packed. I'm, pl- I'm sure the place was full. I'm sure there were a lot of people in the church. I am sure three o'clock in the afternoon, hot sun, people are in the church because these are people who have changed. Who before will never step foot in the church at three o'clock. You see, Guyana, Easter, you don't come to church. Christmas, you don't come to church. I don't know when you show that you are a Christian. Someday you don't come to church. Oh, yes, night. You say the church is at the back, it's too far. What happened? Verse 2. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth. When they gave birth to him, like when the baby comes out, his legs not working. Can't walk. He was being carried in into the temple because Charlie, they say some wild spirit is moving around here. Everybody's going to church at 3 o'clock. Charlie, maybe let me go. Maybe my legs. Something will happen to my legs. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from, from the people uh, going into the temple. At least church people, they are kind, isn't it? At least they'll give me a little uh, offering, huh? When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. I mean, the visiting preacher, the preacher of the hour, is entering the church, and the man is asking the preacher for money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Because I've been following Jesus all my life. Jesus never paid me any salary. <laughs> Can you believe it? Jesus never paid me a salary. In fact, one day I asked Jesus, as I followed him, well, what's my salary? Well, I mean, I, mean, I have a wife. Who, the only one who uh, the Bible records had a wife. Jesus said, don't worry about those things. So he forgot about salary. He forgot about Christmas package, bonus. He forgot about all those things. Charlie, it's not a simple thing. <laughs> so he said, indeed, I don't have anything. If you follow Jesus, physically you may not have anything. But spiritually, spiritually you have a lot of things. Amen. But I'll give you what I have. What's that? I have the name of Jesus with me. I have Jesus' credit card. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, the Nazarene, get up and walk. <laughs> Go back to verse 7, verse, verse, verse 5. 5. 4. 3. <laughs> Two. 
He said, a lame man, a man lame from birth. I just want to bring your mind to the fact that he was born a little boy, baby. He has now become a man. Still can't walk. What is the age? Man? When do you become a man? 20? Josh, 20? 19? Are you a man? You're a man, right? <laughs> hey, you should show uh, here the uh, Josh's picture at the, at the Shell gas station. Yeah, man. Anointed picture. <laughs> I know you've seen it already. You've not seen it. I thought some people were fast. Okay, all right. <laughs> Please don't bring it up. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Let me finish. A man. So let's say he was 20 years. It means that for 20 years, the guy has never walked in his life. And when he's and, and, so, and he had actually given up. So what he does is now he just begs for money. There's there's no hope. Jojo, are you here? There's no hope. There's no nothing to to to. It's, it's like I'm condemned. This thing is, is is finished. It's finished. Let me just sit at the at the church and ask people for money. Seven. And the Bible says. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand. I'm just wondering, this guy was a fisherman. He used to go and catch fish. And then Jesus called him. Then he was around, ah, he thought being around Jesus meant that he was different. Then he realized that the things that he said, he couldn't do them. Now Jesus said, you need the Holy Spirit, and they obeyed Jesus. They stayed in the upper room. The Holy Ghost came. It became the whole thing in Jerusalem that day. Then after, after that, he goes to church, see a lame person, about 20 years old, 30 year old man. He tells the guy that I don't have anything to, to give you because working with Jesus, wherever I go, I just eat the food they give me. Whatever my expenses are paid, when I go, when I need anything, I ask and the people give me. So, and, I'm, and I'm not ashamed of that. That's how I've been living my life. But there's something I have and I want to introduce that to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. The Bible says, and, and, and he took him by the hand. And, and Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Charlie, where did Peter get this thing from? This is a new Peter. This is a new Peter. This is a different Peter from the Peter who took a knife and cut off somebody's ears. <laughs> who denied Jesus later. This is a new Peter. I can't resist this temptation. Chapter 5. There was a certain man named Ananias. Who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. Okay. These days people don't sell properties for the church. <laughs> he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Same Peter here again. The case happens 
in the privacy of the husband and wife, Ananias and Sapphira. So they package the money and they go and give it to the apostles of whom, of, of, of which Peter was the leader and say that, okay, this is the money we got from selling our property. We give this so that it can be distributed among all of us. Peter wasn't there when they were decided to do whatever. The Bible said, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. Now Peter can see what people are doing even though he's not there. (laughs) What a change. I said, what a change. And this is what can happen to you if you truly change by the baptism with fire. You also see things where you are not there. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) The change is beautiful. He said, you lied to the Holy Spirit. The property was yours to sell or not to sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away or not. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. This is what you must understand. Anybody who insults me or insults the church, it's not me they are insulting. You cannot have the spirit of God and call Jesus accursed. You cannot. You cannot do that. You can't. If you insult the church, the pastor, it means that you are not on the same side. You are not lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Peter has killed a guy. (laughs) the guy who couldn't say I know Jesus now Jesus' name that he knows now that he says he he knows Jesus the name Jesus is doing so much that somebody dies right in front of him little one Charlie I'm sure you you, you won't lie to me again if if you fall down right now you say I don't fall down and die you say say, no bishop I'll tell the truth bishop I'll tell the truth (laughs) Adam has died I don't want to die too (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah the man died for lying and Peter was the one involved in the killing of the man yes the same Peter who said I will not desert you I will not leave you I love you I will be with you this is the same Peter who's, and then later he is the one who now is doing miracles. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and that everyone who heard about it was terrified. Of course. Because we all go to church with all kinds of things in our closets. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her. Was this the price you and your husband... Did you, did you get f- five million for the property? Was this the price you and your husband received for, for your land? The wife said, yes. <laughs> she replied, that was the price. The woman didn't know the Peter that he, she was dealing with. He's known what a fisherman. 
It's not what a guy who denied Christ. It's not what a guy who cut off the, the ears of the chief priest uh, servant. He's now Peter baptized with fire. Peter of Acts. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. (laughs) Peter the change. Can you imagine that you used to say that you told Jesus that you never desert him and you deserted him. So your words actually were useless. Now look at this Peter here. He says that the people who went to bury your husband, they are just coming. They will also carry you and bury you. When he said that the woman wasn't dead. Yet. Instantly. Because now he has changed by fire. His words now are very precious and meaningful. And so whatever he's saying now, it must happen just as he's saying it. It must come to pass. It must be real so that you will know that the man has changed. Instantly. 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 She fell to the floor and died. Just as he said. A few chapters, books ago, just as he said, it did not happen. He said, I will not desert you. And he deserted him. Now, after the Holy Ghost baptism, he says that you, the people who went to bury your husband, they are coming to take you too. And instantly, the, the woman's life had to submit to the words of Peter who had gone through fire baptism. She had to fall. I mean, she had gone for exercise, she had done her medical checkup, there was no sickness, no disease. But because Peter has changed, his words were also now very precious and valuable. And there was no way God was going to allow his words to fall. And so the woman had to fall down for Peter's words. I'm telling you, when we go through that transformation, our words will be very meaningful. When we say things, it will happen. When we say things, we will do it. We say things, we can't follow it because we have not changed. Our words are as weak and as useless as our lives. And when we go through the baptism, that's what Jesus said. You, you can't do anything unless you go through this Holy Spirit thing. He said, don't go anywhere. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay until the promise that my father promised. That is why Jesus never started preaching until the Holy Ghost came upon him in the, in the river Jordan. Anointing the Holy Spirit is what you and I need for a transformation. This church thing, spiritual things, is not by might. It's not because your friend is going to church that you're also going to church. At least if you come to church because of your friend, then at a point decide to change. Decide to transform. Decide to be different. Because otherwise, a lot of things around you will not be solid. Now tell me if you will not be afraid of this, Peter. Yeah. You know how Peter died in closing? When Peter was going to die, the people were going to crucify him like Jesus. He said, no, 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 no. He said, no, no, no. He said, I don't qualify. I cannot die like my master died. 
He said, you can crucify me. It's okay. But put my head, put my head down and keep my legs up. To do the opposite of what my Savior did. I am not worthy because what Jesus did on the cross, it was, it, was, it was so unique. It was so holy. It was an act to save the world that I can also assume that I will die in that position because I'm not saving the world by doing so. So let me not create an impression that I'm doing what Jesus did. I'm not doing what Jesus did. I am being killed for confessing and declaring my, my stand with him. So you put my head down and keep my legs up and kill me. It's okay. Peter died the opposite way. He was crucified head downwards. You know how fast you die? Blood stays in your brain straight away. No, what happens? Your head is down. The blood that goes into your head can't come back up. So your, your brain will be saturated with blood. That's it. They don't even have to beat you or shoot you. Your brain is full of blood because the blood that flows from your, your feet and through your veins, when it goes into your brain, it's supposed to come back. It's a circle. But because you are down like that, when it goes there, it's, 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 it can't come. Stand to your feet, please. Hallelujah. That's how we sing songs about the cross. Because that is where we look to for our lives. If we are anything, it is because of the cross. It is because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you grateful for the cross? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be your name. I need to thank Jesus for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank him. Thank him. He was a man of sorrows. On that cross, he was a man full of sorrow. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you understand the change, the change comes by what Jesus did on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are here this afternoon, you are not saved. You are not born again to even initiate the change process. Bishop, please pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. If you are here like that, I want to pray with you. Your right hand up high. Bishop, please pray for me. I want to be saved. God bless you. I want to be saved. I, the change you are talking about, I want to experience it. It starts by giving your heart to Jesus. Bishop, please pray for me. I want to be saved. God bless you. Lift your two hands up. Pray this prayer with me. Check joining as we pray together. Say with me, Heavenly Father. I am a sinner. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for me. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe Jesus is alive. I repent of my old ways. I repent of my sins. And I give myself to Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And make my heart your home. 
Thank you, Father. That by this prayer, I have changed. I'm a brand new person. I am born again. My name is in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.